All right, good evening, good evening. It's Thursday, but there's no shipcast. There's no pickums, but we do have lots to celebrate. We figured we'd do a little season in review, talk about how our high stakes teams finished up with Steph, who led the charge for us all year. We're going to have Sean from Go Bills Go, who took down the puppy coming on in a bit, as well as one of our friends who took down the big NFC best ball contest that we drafted uh, many teams in. And I've been told behind the scenes, might even have to shout out a Demarcus Robinson tout from this show. So we're going to do all of that tonight on Ship Chasing. Let's get to it. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> this is what? This is what? I'm hot. Anita Hanjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you can't handle the heat. It looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. <laughs> all right we got the crew here the normal ship cast crew it felt weird guys to have a thursday afternoon where we weren't frantically trying to uh, get our pick'em entries in it's nice yeah it's it's nice (laughs) nice that there's not a there's a night game this week nice that there's not a a walkthrough for me to write on on this particular thursday so i've I've enjoyed this thursday yeah Gretch, how are you doing? We got to hear a little recap of your big uh, trip. Go Huskies. Yeah, my, I mean, I, I guess a lot of this week felt different for me, obviously. So my Thursday wasn't so so different than the whole week. Uh, Sunday, I'm usually right here watching all the games on my, on my, uh, yeah, on, on my computers. And I was instead in a sports book in New Orleans. Got to watch that Husky game on Monday night. That was pretty intense um but yeah it's been a been a wild week for me for sure if it, the last ship cast a week ago i mean it feels like that was like two months ago <laughs> it really i want to hear more about the trip but real quick steph how you doing waivers long gone does it feel good to be done with the season here you know it's one of those mixed feeling things it's like yes it's nice to have a little bit of a break but you know then it's like you're kind of sad it's over that's how i was i was like yeah my thursday was a little more chill and then i'm like but i didn't have any showdown uh lineups to build i didn't have any uh pickums to build so yeah i I feel you on that um yeah gretch like what what was the highlights other than obviously your huskies winning uh any any notable moments stuff uh you you survived bourbon street thanks to uh cooter doodles tips yeah yeah we all survived no uh no big uh you know, scary things happened or anything like that. Um, you didn't buy any lettuce? I didn't buy any lettuce uh, or any other substances, either <laughs> fake or real. <laughs> um, I flew into Atlanta and drove down with a buddy of mine. So it was one of the one of the um, highlights was the drive down just with uh, with my buddy who, like I, I got, Steph, you'll, you'll be able to talk about this. I got to go to a Bucky's for the first time. They, they apparently opened in, in Texas. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'm actually a horrible Texan, and Tyler made fun of me for this. I've never been to Bucky's. Mm, wow! But I know that it's known for the bathrooms and beef jerky. Yes, it's very. And then I like I bought my daughter a, a stuffed animal from there. They had like hundreds of stuffed animals in this place of these little beavers, and <laughs> it was insane. I mean, it was it was a it was all spectacle. We got a barbecue on like the side of the road in in alabama the middle of alabama and then we found out like afterward eating that this guy is his last day uh, he he's been cooking barbecue at this place since 1987 since the year i was born 
and it was his last day. <laughs> That's a good sign. It was it was <laughs> incredible. Shout out! Uh, it, it was Mr. Goldsmith Gold Barbecue in uh, Atmore, Alabama. That was fantastic. Uh, Bourbon Street, a lot of walking in New Orleans, man. Got got a lot of steps in. There was a, a parade or a yeah parade, right? Is that what you call it? the floats and everything? Man, my brain doesn't even work yet. <laughs> that, that's um, what that's called yeah, it. a procession. Yeah. <laughs> what do you call these? <laughs> Ate some good food. Uh, went to uh, you know a fun. Uh, Spotted Cat Music Club for New Year's. I've been there. Good, good music. Yeah, I yeah. mean it was a blast. The, the whole trip was fun. The, I mean, obviously the whole thing, the Huskies winning was kind of the whole thing. I'm excited though to hear about how our teams did all that stuff. Sunday was wild. It was a whirlwind, and then uh, you know with Monday right around the corner and the Huskies game and being in New Orleans, I didn't ever really like get uh, <laughs> a full breakdown of like where we finished and all this stuff. So I'm kind of excited to <laughs> with uh, the audience. <laughs> Yeah, why? I mean, we we have so many things and sweats and stuff to cover. How about before we pull up Steph's piece? That kind of is a good way to do an overview of how our teams finish. Karen, why don't you tell us a little bit about your BBM sweat on Sunday? Because um, even though you weren't near the top of the leaderboard per se, like there was a moment there heading into that Seattle Pittsburgh game where you were very live. If certain things broke your way. Yeah, so the Brees game on Thursday was nice, and then we had the game uh, Saturday where I, I was telling Britt beforehand, like, I kind of need um, – there's, like, a few ways this can go. Like, the the Saturday game can blow up, and then I'm actually a little bit thin because, like, um, it's just going to be, like, me holding hands with a bunch of teams that have this game really stacked up. But I need it. Or it could like totally dud, and then I'm completely relying on Geno Smith. So I'm not dead, but I'm feeling pretty dead. And then the other thing is that it can kind of like go off, but not fully. And that's probably my best case scenario because as long as like the pieces I need, you know, I get big scores out of a couple of the pieces, and then I can get different in other spots. And that's what happened. You know, I had CD, uh, and I. At the very end, I got a the one thing I absolutely needed was a tight end score. So I got Laporta to get to like 12 points. I was like, I can I can live with that. Um, and then heading into the Sunday, it was still Geno Smith was my path, but he didn't need to have like this massive game as the day went on. What I needed became more and more. But at one point, I was like, I don't need like a huge, huge game. Um, but yeah, I mean. It really was like I needed Gino and at least one of his two receivers to have a really strong game. And as it was clear that wasn't happening, I was like, all right, I can't, I can't take it down. But it was still fun to have Jalen Warren hit the lineup. Uh, him and Brees being my most drafted players. Yeah, he almost had an even bigger game. Uh, Rudolph had him wide open for another touchdown. Um, but yet, yeah, I have to say, I mean, sweating like Pete Carroll, like hoping Pete Carroll will play aggressively and then watching him call a game like Pete Carroll is, it's a little soul crushing, but uh, as as someone who's rolled out like Gino double stacks three or four weeks this season, like I trust me, like I, I don't know why I keep ramming my head against that wall, but it is a painful sweat trying to get Pete Carroll to pass. (laughs) It really is. You're muted. Gretch. Sean and I did the, uh, the similar thing where we decided to well, we didn't really decide to. We lost Ramondre and then we lost Jalen Waddle. <coughs> but we had uh Goff Almond Raw on Saturday. We had Brees and the Browns D on Thursday. We're talking about this on Thursday night. We rose all the way to third in the FFPC going into Sunday, but we'd already used four players. 
but <clears throat> having lost um having lost Jalen Waddle the week prior, Ramondre a few weeks earlier, we had to play a random flex and it, we ended up landing on Kyle Pitts. We literally talked for the hour before lock about either Josh Downs or Quentin Johnson was actually a, a, a real conversation. We ended up going with Kyle Pitts. And anyway, this is what you were just describing with Pete Carroll was very similar to mine with Kyle Pitts. Arthur yeah, Smith. yeah. Arthur Smith and Pete Carroll. What a great place to be. Yeah. Um, but I'd end up being, I mean, I finished, I ended up finishing 36th, um, which is still very fun, you know, to have to be in the mix and have the sweat. Um, and then I I ended up taking down uh, a smaller, the big dog three. So best ball mania three to the big dog three is, is uh <laughs> a year later but uh did you I also have a finished... sweat in that one or did you kind of run away with it i kind of ran away with that no one really had a i had like 170 points or something and i think the next highest might have been like 120 130 even nice. with the sunday night game like they couldn't i was just yeah and then i the big dog or no sorry the i was in the bulldog two and that one i was looking really strong for second. And then the Jordan love game, the final touchdown that he threw um, bumped me down from second to third there. So that was, that was my like real sweat, which didn't go great. And then I was like locked into third, like I had a big, big league for third. So um, McCaffrey's injury there kind of hurt, but yeah, that was, that was the best ball. Uh, I finished luck. It was like lucky in that, the three tournaments I really cared about were the ones where I got good scores. And then I was in the Palm two, didn't do much there. And I was in the Chow Chow, didn't do much there. So at least. I know there were a lot of people kind of sweating how you were doing in the Palm. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, one, no one really checked in on that one yet. <laughs> uh, you mentioned, you mentioned the Jordan Love game. I would say our, like in within the ship chasing world, our funnest sweat was the Buckeye Boomers. Sunday sweat there with Jaden Reed absolutely uh, surging mm -hmm. down here. Uh, I know you have this one written up here, Steph. We ended up finishing uh, in seventh place overall in prime time. And where do you remember where we were heading into that game, Steph, on that team? Well, we're back 86 spots, so don't make me do the math in my head. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in, in the 90s there, uh, 93rd overall heading in, and then just a total surge uh, in that game. And we we were starting to get a little greedy, too, because we're looking at how could we go up higher, and then Jade yeah. Reed actually ends up leave, leaving the game. I know, yeah. a little bummer. I mean, you were very – yeah, we were only a few points. It was quite a big jump still to first, but there was only you know a handful of points from – you know, probably fourth through seventh there, like it would have easily another couple catches. And, you know, yep. it's so top heavy that just moving up those couple spots could be a lot of money. But both the primetime yeah. teams started off back to back. So you kind of saw the tail of two teams, what can happen that final week. One, was, one went up and one went down. I think it was fun too, right? Because this was the team where we had Devonte Adams, right? And you know he had a you know overall down year, a few spike weeks, but to get, I believe this this had to have ended up being his best game of the year, right? His his week seventeen uh, game. So um, it has to be. I, I mean, I think he yeah. had another forty point game somewhere in the mix, okay. but it was way early in the season. It had it's been a while since he's done yeah. anything, and Bijan still. A little better, but not great, you know. 
Yeah, this team, like you look at who was in our starting lineup and there were so many players that surged late. You know, Brees Hall came on late. You got the one massive George Pickens game in week 16. I mean, Laporta was kiss- consistent Although throughout you the do, year. You and do and you don't on this team. ETN. We didn't play Pickens. We didn't play Pickens. Oh, what is this What is this screenshot from here, Steph? No, we played, oh, it. This, we played him final. this past week, but not in week 16. Yeah, I was like, you played him. <laughs> you sat JSN um, yeah. and... Then it was between deciding with uh, Reed or Dobbs. We played him week 17. We didn't play him week 16 or 21. Gotcha. Oh, and you were supposed to do it the other way? Play him week 16? I think he was good in both, right? (laughs) He was good in both, yeah. You want him for week 16, though, for sure. It would have been nice if he played him in the first one because we would have, I mean, would have jumped even further. Yeah. Yeah. There were talks of people were thinking he was going to get benched and stuff. I mean, nobody was going to start him. No, I mean, I I did not. I mean, I wrote him up in the walkthrough. I was like, yeah, you know, they keep cannibalizing each other. It's not, it's annoying. Like I was not particularly optimistic, but yeah. Um, so yeah, awesome to see this team finish so strong here. Um, I missed chasing. this sweat okay. entirely because yeah. we went, we went out on in Bourbon Street and everything. I remember I was checking in and it was halftime and I was like, how do you people on, and I wasn't even in the East coast time. I was in central time. How do you guys do this? We're like the game started 7 PM out here on the West coast. Like, I mean, it was like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. We were like out of the so late funny. dinner. There's games on. That's it's just life, man. man. That's just that's life. just how everyone lives. It's just not like how it works. <laughs> yes, it is how it works. No, it's not not how it everyone but West Coasters. It's confusing. It's so late. No, it's, it's a way of life here. Uh, Steph, talk about our waiver chasing team. We end up finishing in a 155th here, uh, a good season, but couldn't really surge during that playoff stretch. No, like, well, like I said, we kind of had the opposite trajectory where we actually went way up last week and we're sitting in a good spot because we started lower and then we were ahead of the other team and then we fell. So, yeah. you know, I was really optimistic. Okay, you know, wanting to think that Kelsey, like this was the best spot if there was ever like a spot, you know, playing Cincinnati against the tight ends, you know, they're one of the best teams and he did absolutely nothing. Um, We already talked about the Geno sweat, how that went. So we sat Stafford and went with Geno. Wasn't that big a difference. It wouldn't have mattered. Uh, We had some disappointing running back other than Brees, you know, Swift and Gibbs didn't do it for us. So. Yeah. I mean, Kelsey was obviously a a huge disappointment all year. I I was particularly disappointed with kind of like the second half for Deandre Swift. I mean, that kind of run out for him. It seemed like it was going to, I always remember we did that ship cast. It was the commander's game and he was running so well on that Thursday night. And in hindsight, it was the fresh legs in the commander's defense that was making him look so good. I mean, well, I don't know. The Eagles just, haven't looked especially the defense but yeah and then they keep rolling out gain well too and stuff so yep yeah Frustrating. had uh both the garrett wilson Brees hill pairing which was a pairing we had on uh on many teams i would say our worst um sweat was losing yeah. first place oh, in our 2500 with leone we end up losing by just a couple of points 
We had a 1v1 essentially down a couple points to their Tucker Craft, our Ty Chandler, and there's just a million woulda, shoulda, couldas. Basically, any you know Christian McCaffrey touchdown in Week 16, him not leaving the game early, us playing Kenneth Walker instead of Ty Chandler this week. Like, guys, yeah. there are so many ways we let $9,000 slip out of our hands. Mm. And I and I kind of like, you know, once we knew that Walker was going to be in, I kind of like re-asked, was like, but he was still, then the drop, you know, on ETR, which, you know, Leone works for. So kind of, you know, assumed that was his lean is what his projections say. You know, they, they docked him a little bit from where he was, you know, with the injury situation. And, you know, we thought that, you know, with CMC and Purdy and, you know, all these guys that it wouldn't really be close. So it was like, play the safe, you know, we thought, play the safer guy that there's not some sort of injury concern with or, you know, yeah. leaving early. Yeah. So it makes all the sense in the world just to. I mean, I know, remember like when Warren, when Warren's scoring points for my PBM team, I remember thinking like, well, this doesn't even really matter because Ty Chandler's going to outscore him. And I, like, I felt that way until he was like, you know, above 15 points. And I was like, well, then he might, maybe he doesn't get there. But like, I I don't know. I felt very confident that Chandler was going to have a good game. Yeah, I think we all did. Yeah, so you look at this. This was a team we had a pretty giant lead, um, and then you just look at these scores across Week 17. I mean, Ayuk had a good game, but, I mean, Gibbs in a shootout environment, 5.3 points. CMC leaves the game early. Uh, Devontae, 6 points. You know, Drake London's Drake London. Uh, Laporta was fine, but Chandler, 9.4. Even our defense, this was the dark side of the big Brees Hall in the Jets. The Jets gave two as our Browns – Kicker at defense. I guess the defense was fine at 14, but man, that one stings. It, it literally, guys, was like what a two and a half point swing. So, first place in the 2500 was 14K and second place was 5K. So, like a pretty yeah. good sweep. We did sweep the regular season payouts for another 5K. So, I mean, it still wasn't very profitable league, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that 9K drop. The yeah. uh, the the lesson from that roster, I think, um. I mean, we just didn't have enough receivers. This is a team where Leone really wanted to take Marquise Brown at one point, so we just had more receiver depth. And I know I was pushing for us taking another swing. I think it was a Quentin Johnston who didn't hit. I mean, not that Marquise Brown would necessarily, but I, mean, I don't even think he played yeah. last week, right? But no. Um, Drake London not team. really. Drake London not really hitting. I mean, even though we were able to play three receivers most or three running backs most weeks, and have Laporta, like our wide receiver wide receiver three spot was an issue the whole year on this team. Yeah, it was. But yeah. you guys still killed the competition. I mean, you were in the regular season, like you said, you got the sweep with regular points and first. I mean, so it still turned out strong, but I agree that because you have to start wide, three wide receivers in this um, format. Yep. Yeah, this is uh, this will definitely go down just collectively as our best uh, ship chasing portfolio year. Had a very profitable year across both FFPC and NFC. It just it just stings, Devin. Died, yeah, died it's nice to tilt about a team points. where you finished first in points, first in record, and then yeah. barely didn't win and got yeah. second. I mean, that's obviously very tilting, but it's a so it was a hell of a team. It's a I mean, what's yeah, yes, and then also, like, after week 15, we were up by, like, 100 points. Like, I didn't even think this yeah. was possible. I, you know? I know, I know. Well, yeah. it, on week 16, you got within three – they caught up because you had those that, that really bad down week. Yeah. Like 49ers and stuff. 49ers, yeah. So that's what did it is the week – because then they were only 
like three points behind that second place team. So it was right. pretty much neck and neck this week, starting even grounds. Yep. Uh, the silver bullet team, this, uh, we really enjoyed this contest on NFC, obviously a single entry tournament, but it is a very tight and top heavy contest. We're only the top 10, um, get paid additionally there. We finished 13th. So just outside of the money there, but this was, this was a fun team. And like, I thought we were going to finally get there. Cause you, we had the Lamar Jackson, Isaiah likely stack there in week 17, but just not enough to push us in there. Because you were in seventh place also on this one the week before. This yep. is another one where uh, week 16 was was pretty devastating. Um, or the, yeah, or 15, we, yeah. We were up there after 15, if I remember yeah, right. When James yeah, Cook had week 15. Cook has the tough – like on a, we had Cook on a, several good teams. And after week 15, they were looking a lot better than they were yeah. after week 17. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, James Cook has those what ends up being back-to-back -back down games uh, yeah. against the Chargers and the Pats. Really, really hurts. Um, and then you basically just have to pray you have the right combo of running backs around him. Um, but yeah, to not get to take advantage of the Lamar Jackson, Isaiah Likely. Like if you show up to the underdog tournaments with those guys at the finals, like you're shipping, you know? Um, so yeah, but really enjoyed that single entry. Uh, we then head down to our FFPC main events, uh, our Chase and Go Bill squad, which, what, was quarterbackless for both Week 15 and 16? It was. Yeah. And it, because it scored like 200 points. Another James without Cook a, Without yeah. a quarterback. And Another then James you lost, well, you great. and Mostert. Yep. Yep. And that was the problem, because then you lost Mostert. And then we still didn't have a quarterback. So in week well, week 16 you, was a disaster. You got a quarterback in week 17, players, and yeah. we had to start Chase Brown <laughs> yeah. and and Logan Thomas. As you know, I mean, those were not our because this was a really you know strong team, pretty much all season and really deep. So yeah, we were not like yeah, it felt like it had on. a real chance to win the whole it thing. Put 200 then, points without a quarterback. Yeah, this team was sick. <laughs> this team was sick. It was, it, it was one of the better teams, yeah. 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 I mean, ended up again it. being uh, another profitable team because we got the full sweep, I believe, right? Uh, <laughs> for that one first place in the regular season. So uh, shout out Daryl, uh, a.k.a. Alex Keaton. We had a blast drafting with him live in Vegas. And there's certainly ways that this team breaks a little differently um, where it is just a, an absolute uber smash there. Um, really like how we constructed this one. Um, the team that we had that collectively finished the highest in the main event was our mini Sods team. The first slow draft we did ends up finishing in 130th place. Another kind of James Cook, Jalen Warren team that didn't have most dirt, um, got the big CD lamb, uh, Brandon, Iuke stuff, but just couldn't piece together all of our alpha wide receivers, like going nuke, uh, at the right times. And we were pulling the levers all over the place, doing the, Gino DK stack here, and you know we also have Debo on this team. We benched him, just trying to to to, to increase our likelihood of climbing in, in that final week. Yeah, did uh, did Metcalf end up outscoring Debo? It must have been close, right? I'm not sure. I know Debo had a little rushing touchdown, but didn't do much else. I think Debo got under twenty. Still, I think it was like maybe seventeen. Okay. Yeah, so, we, I mean, we it, was, him it was two weeks close. in a row. And the first week it was yeah. did did get us points. 
He had uh, 18.2, so yeah, okay. he had a little more. Okay. Yeah. What do, what do you guys think? I mean, A.J. Brown was another guy, right? What did he have yeah. that string of five straight 125-yard games there at one mm -hmm. point and then just really fell off? Yep. Yeah, he, he was pretty disappointed. Not as disappointing yeah, have, as Smith. I just pulled up his game up. Didn't have a 20-point game after that stretch of the 125-yard games. Only had one more 100-yard game the rest of the year. And close the season, the, the fantasy playoffs, three straight sub 15 point games. And plus, and Goddard game, was out. It was weird. Mm -hmm. And it's also tough. Like, this was a zero RB squad that was absolutely loaded. This is a team that had Jordan Addison, uh, Deontay Johnson, some other wide receivers you might consider. But it's like, it's probably similar to the Stefan Diggs thing, too, right? Where it's like, you just feel like you can never bench them like you can't you don't want to bench that profile you know what they're capable of but in a way they can end up being like kind of a roster clogger if they never return to their form right yeah i mean cd was also kind of in that mix where he got a little quieter and then he blew back up so that's like kind of why you feel like you can't do it yeah. um i think aj brown does have that nuclear ceiling that you know cd just showed off so do you guys yeah, have any thoughts? Because we've we've wrestled back and forth every year. We always do that first slow draft, kick it off around 4th of July when they open them up. Everyone always kind of debates, do you want to draft early? you want to backload them? I mean, this team seems like a pretty strong indication of some of the values we were able to get early that weren't available. Like James Cook was going, what, four or five rounds higher when main events wrapped versus where we got him we took him at 7 11 he was a fifth round pick by the end of main event yeah 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 i mean i think this this tournament probably rewards the early drafting super team element a little bit more than you know something like best ball mania um you know because like you can miss on more picks and getting because because you, you have a waiver available to you yeah. and having like unique combos that you show up to the sprint with is more powerful. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really like this team's like very fun and definitely, I think one that benefited from drafting early. So obviously, you know, the team we just talked about with Daryl was when we drafted live in Vegas. So you can build really strong teams there too, but I do think it kind of gives you like this team not only was strong, but I mean, we had, so much depth that we were able to do some interesting lever pulling in the tournament itself. Whereas the, our other teams were kind of more like, all right, this is the roster and it's not really yeah. up for debate. Dom uh, yeah. adds some an interesting note there in the chat that first place this year, second place last year, drafted after week one. Uh, before this year, my previous high team in, in the FFPC was also drafted after TNF. I think there's, there's pros to both basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there there are, and I also would say this year specifically had that reverse thing where it's very rare you're going to get players like Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup as mega discounted as they were in those mains right before the season started. That felt a little unique. You know, normally the values are moving in in the other direction. Reese also Kelsey fell. too, and yeah. Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think, think the best with values were late this year. I think my take would be that um, in the early window, like I, I think my take would be that you you need to draft differently. You need to be very aware of when you're drafting and how you're drafting, right? And it's okay to just take 
um, you know, the singles or whatever we called AJ Brown a triple when we were doing this draft, like some of the more, the, the safer picks. One of the things when I'm looking at this draft, I'm reminded of when I pulled up the draft board and saw James Cook at 7-Eleven was that big debate we had about Jordan Addison or Evan Ingram at 802. We ended up taking Addison. He was great. I know there was a point this year where I was like, thank God Pat got us on Addison. It actually turned out that we didn't play him the last like five or six weeks. Didn't even consider it really because of how deep our other receivers were. We started this draft with six straight receivers. And I do think Ingram would have been in hindsight, the pick because uh, we never really found the tight end ceiling. We ended up taking Greg Dulcich the next round and, and didn't really ever have a legit tight end. And he's sort of this like Ingram is sort of this example of a player that I do think earlier James Cook and we took Deontay Johnson in this draft who wasn't great, but it, I mean, I, I think you want to take bigger swings late, right? Like the Kyron Williams pick was more clear at, at the very end of, of draft season. People were getting more in on that type of like a huge swing late in the draft and like a little bit of a safer, more careful, more value oriented draft strategy. If you're drafting in July, like, is that seem fair? Yeah. Although I guess my, we can next year when we have the same argument, we can time out with your guy. At the top of the queue, but um, but I still think like the Addison pick to me. I mean, like it wasn't Johnston even or um, Flowers. Like I just felt like Addison gave us a like a value. Like he wasn't usually there, and he gave us a lot of upside late season at the wide receiver position that we ended up not needing at all. But I, and that's, I still feel that's like unusual, was, right? Because yeah. normally the whole thing we say is like some of these guys are going to be bust. Some of them are going to get yeah. injured. It just so happened that our four horses, you know, pretty much stayed healthy yeah. and within the top twenty wide receiver. Well, we, we did start with six. Year. We did start with six straight receivers, and I do think there's an element of drafting like you're right to some degree, even in season long. Well, I'm saying that it wouldn't have felt like we had so much depth if what normally happens plays out, which is you get the injury or you get the bust. These guys like right. didn't bust or get injured. Right, but shouldn't you be drafting for the top 1% outcome is what I'm saying. Where like the, if you start with six straight receivers, you, you – I, 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 I felt at the time, and I, I think looking back on it, and again, I, I said at a period I was glad that we took Addison. But I think, again, looking back on it now, that I think – there's an element where you're drafting when you take these six early receivers, you can't draft scared. Like, well, what if three of these guys bust? Like that's then we're fucked. Yeah. That's <laughs> not really what I was feeling. I was kind of feeling more like AJ Brown is AJ Brown, but then, you know, he pulls a hammy and we start Addison late and like, you kind of have this, yeah. you kind of have this monster team that like nothing can stop. And you're just like, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Cause you have this rookie breakout. Um, it gives you this, this late season upside hammer that kind of takes a team to another level. It was kind of my thinking. Um, it's tough because Engram was a much better pick than I thought he would be. So you have that. It was like an evaluation miss there. Um, and then we also like ended up with Laporta on a million of our teams, but not this one. <laughs> so we like he, went, he started going have... really early though. Laporta no, he, like later in draft season. Like, very late. In yeah. This draft, yeah. I think. yeah. He actually went, he went 11 02 in this draft. He went, pretty okay. Early. That's pretty early. Yeah. That's probably why he didn't get him. Yeah. 
let's hit on a couple of these other ones real quick before uh dom uh or sorry sean i get all the uh the go bills guys they're all the same to me no i'm just kidding i'm excited to, <laughs> to have sean on <laughs> tonight uh the five horsemen this was our other team in the ffpc sprint with our uh rotoviz brethren here um this one was starting to come on of late it was another Brees hall garrett wilson team again uh pretty strong finish in week 17. You know, you get the Brees Hall stuff, you get Laporta, Rashi Rice really coming on, but just a little too late for this team and some kind of big duds in there at times. Bijan really kind of bringing some, some stuff down for sure. Yeah. We, and we Garrett Wilson had a down week. We were hoping to see a lot more out of Bijan in the, the playoff weeks and just didn't get it. And this team was it needed to make up a lot of ground. Yeah. I mean, yep. it won its season, so... It just yeah. had is had uh, then it kind of fell off in the first couple weeks of the playoffs. It started pretty yeah. low. Bijan's gonna have like such a sick fourth year. <laughs> Whenever Arthur yeah. Smith is gone, he'll right, be can fine. we please just get fired? <laughs> fourth year. Um, uh, Steph, tell us about your team uh, with Wu Tang Killer Bees, Chris G. You guys ultimately uh, finished in 86th place. Really nice year there. Yeah. So. Uh, if we one more spot and we would have uh, gotten the free entry to main event. So we went down $500 <laughs> for the last game, but um, yeah, we had Lamar who obviously had the huge game Warren who, you know, everybody had, um, we had on raw. We, we were really stacked at receiver because we had a lot of injuries to our receivers uh, late, but luckily we were really deep. So we still, that's a nice starts because you know Nico, and then we had Keenan Allen. We didn't have for the playoffs. We got lucky that Njoku came on late. That was huge for us because tight end was a big weak spot, and then we um, ended up getting um, Mayer, and you know mm. he didn't play either. So that was our only other tight end. We tried to yeah. leverage the kicker and defense a couple times. Uh, luckily, I insisted on starting Houston defense. So I was like, no, I just, we need to do it. But um, we sat Sanders both playoff weeks. Oh, geez. So, yeah. yeah. So that, that hurt. And then we have Addison on this team also, which we missed the first week where he went off. And then we played him the week he got hurt. Mm. Yep. This exactly. is a really nice team, though, seeing all these players and having, like, the hits. Like, I mean, Nico Collins, you know, when he was healthy, was a total league winner. I mean, David Njoku, yeah. talk about, like, tight end premium league winner right there. I mean, just scorched the earth down the stretch. Some really nice picks there. Silva Silva, and I had Njoku on a team that was uh, an Andrews team. That team ended up finishing 13th with Silva. Really? Wow. wow. Yeah. That's just awesome. like that, on the back of Njoku. On the back of Njoku is another Aminra team. Brees and Etienne are the two that I made him take that, that he was really bad about. This is the one we got the huge fight about. Yeah. <laughs> we also have Kyron Williams on this. You team, got so. a huge fight and you'd finish 13th. <laughs> That's so fucking sick. That's great. So good. Oh, um, well, <laughs> Steph, we're going to bring Sean on here uh, in one sec, but uh, again, just want to punctuate. Uh, how uh, thankful we are for all the work you put in this year. Um, it was awesome that we were able to have a successful year with the team that we collectively drafted. It doesn't always work out like that. And uh, it's definitely a testament to all the work you put in, like all those little edges. Each week, it just seems like one little edge, but you stack them up and then you look yeah. across the portfolio and you can really see how it played out in a really nice way. So uh, thank you again for all of your hard work. No problem. It was 
it was great working with you guys and I had a blast doing it. And, you know, I look forward to working with everybody and, you know, working with Pat here and yeah. we got good things coming this year. So we do. Yeah. We're going to run it back next year. We're going to take down some of these top tournaments. You know, each year we keep leveling up 2024. That's the year we, we take it down. Right. Steph? I think so. I can feel it. It's going to be our year. Um, if for some reason you guys are watching this and not subscribed to the fabulous uh, newsletter, I'm going to drop a, a link to the most recent post we were just looking at. Holy cow, that's a wild link there. Um, I'll, I'll get a better link there, getting all kinds Longer of tracking cookies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, let's try that. Uh, make sure you guys subscribed. And Steph, you said you're going to do maybe a little bit of other writing throughout the offseason? Yeah, you know, maybe every couple of weeks. We'll see. It might be still every week. Just depends on how busy I am every time, but I'll try to, you know, just kind of whatever I'm thinking about with that relates, you know, football life a little bit here and there. Love we'll it. See. Well, uh, I don't always plan you. it out ahead of time. That's all right. You got to, you just got to be inspired. That's how, that's how exactly. it works. All right, Steph, we are going to bring uh, Sean on now, but thank you again. It's been a blast getting to uh, check in with you throughout the year on the Shipcast. You're the best. All right. Thanks, Bye, Steph. guys. Bye, Steph. All right. And now coming to the stage, the formerly most unheralded member of the Go Bills crew. <laughs> it is Sean Stutzman. I mean, I was Googling your, your name. I was trying to find stuff for the thumbnail. And I saw that your other two partners did an actual interview on local Bills TV and you weren't there. I was sick. Yeah, I was okay. under the weather and uh, and the boy and the, and the guys were able to make it on. I was at home. I believe I had actually, I might have had COVID. It was that when I got COVID that year, I believe. So yeah, they were they were on channel, I think channel four news in Buffalo. I'm sitting at home watching them live, just oh, talking man. about all the stuff we're doing. I'm just like, oh. hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. Obviously, <laughs> we've had a pretty good run so far. Does this I'll make up for that, or is it a little short? <laughs> a little bit. You know what? I, you know, we're shipping the puppy you know, on my own dime. Feels. That's nice. It's not the worst. Yeah, that's it's not nice. the worst. Yeah. yeah. See, we're, we're trying to do the Go Bills Go thing in reverse. So it's like you guys yeah. collectively win the million and then you win the puppy. Pat won Best Ball Mania. And now we're collectively we're, trying right. to win one of those big tournaments. It, it makes sense. Just do it in reverse. You know, you, you got you to repeat, though. That's the tough part is you got to go back to back. And that's not, you know, yeah. not something that's done every day. You know? I, I know. <laughs> I blew it there. Maybe, maybe you can. Uh... <laughs> So you mean, that, was, back I mean, back. that would be pretty that'd be pretty sick. I, I can't believe I won once. <laughs> yeah. Pete, I was hoping you and I would just ship the, the BBM on our team that almost got into yeah. the final. I mean we didn't we didn't need Pat to be riding yeah. along with us. He's already a <laughs> I already yeah, have right. tweets written in that? my head, Gratch. I was like all caps, BBM goes through ship chasing. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, it. And it was right after that that CMC did score a touchdown and the team did advance. So funny how that works. <laughs> Brutal. Um, how many times did that happen this year? CMC didn't score the touchdown. I mean, I know. Like just just when we all needed only? him to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what is it like? Obviously, you've been playing FFPC for a while. At what point did you start getting into the underdog streets? Like, what is the, the backstory to you ultimately winning the puppy here? Yeah, so I dabbled very lightly in 2021, maybe 20 teams across the whole thing. I, I discovered it then, um, the year we won the FFPC the first time. So I just played around with it a little bit. 
last year I did about 500 ish teams. I did like a hundred or so in BBM and enjoyed it. Didn't do that great. We, uh, the, the three of us actually had a bulldog team that made the final week, um, but finished last. I had a puppy team that got made like 3K. Um, but this year, after shipping the main event again, and I was just like, you know what? I'm Because I played poker a little bit as kind of a side thing. That was I was just doing fantasy football and poker. And I decided I'm going to take a step back from poker and try to aggressively play best ball fantasy football and see if I can make any runs, do anything crazy. So... I ended up with about a thousand drafts on underdog and then about wow. 600 more across drafters and DraftKings. Max um, oh, wow. a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I was, I went pretty aggressively after it and, and of 1600 teams, I put six in week 17. So it's like, you can do that much work and get only six yeah. teams in week 17, but I happened to have one of the exact right ones that you needed to, to make the money. So, you know, it worked out, it worked out pretty good, but it was, I mean, it was a long, grinding summer i mean i was in you guys talk about slow draft hell i was probably in 400 slow drafts at one time uh <laughs> during the summer at different times i think so, i i think i got the 250 at most and it yeah, was it's it's a lot that was <laughs> way too many so what did you what did you what did you do did you just draft them as they came up or how did you approach it because i'll tell you what i did after you i'm curious what you did Pat, yeah I, you did that i did he selected Brees hall and went to the next one I like that. Yeah, basically. But I, I, I'm trying to even remember. I would base. I did not have like set times that I would check them. I'd kind of like, I would sort of just constantly be checking them and just blast in. I would just like yeah. sort of blast the picks in, and Start I would, as many as you can. Yeah. The the thing I did, the only way it was doable for me is that in the early rounds, I would force myself to like star the the teams, you know, star the mm -hmm. uh, the team of the guy that I had selected in the the team that had week 17 correlation so right. that like I at least had like that, that like just helping me understand like the build that I was making and what I was yeah. like looking to do. And, um, you know, by the time you get to like round nine, 10, like that was the only way that I kind of had any sense of what I, what I was trying to build. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. I, I was, so because I, this is all I, I, I was doing, I was, I would just set, I would set alarms on my phone every six hours and every six hours I would just get on the computer. And that's the other thing I would say, if you're ever doing volume fantasy football and if you draft and if you make any picks off of your phone, you're, you're destroying your EV. Every pick you draft on your phone, you're killing EV. So that's a, you know, if you're ever, if you're drafting I, any kind of volume, I actually think fantasy, I kind of agree with you, but expand on it. Well, you have access to everything. There's so much more information on your computer, right? If if I have any data I have, it's not going to be on my phone. Anything I'm looking at, sure, I, I know who everybody. I you have every 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 week seventeen matchup memorized. Those by don't June, matter though. Like, you don't need to memorize. No, obviously not. Those aren't those aren't really relevant. But um, I, if you use a tool like Spike Week, it gives you all the all that so much useful information while you're drafting. You can't use that on your phone. You don't have access to the kind of data that makes it a little easier to understand the way your whole portfolio looks at one team and how you're spreading out certain things. If you, if you're trying to not be too aggressive on certain players, um, you know, you don't want to, I don't personally think you should go off the deep end. Like, a you know, Liam used to, you know, espouse maybe going crazy on certain guys. That's not, that's never been my thought process. What, where are you kind of 
set in the line for exposures and stuff? Try to keep it under 25% if you can. Um, my most owned player across everything was Brock Purdy at about 25%. Um, and I think that's probably where you want to be just because otherwise you're going to, you're putting yourself at such higher risk for not that much more reward, right? How much more reward is it to get that those extra 15 shares of a guy when you're, you're the, the risk that you're taking by adding 15 more potential dead teams if that guy isn't who you need him to be? It's it's very risky. So, you know, as you get the later rounds, you can be more aggressive, obviously. But anything or anything relatively early, you got to be pretty cautious with. I think. So you said you you had drafted all of these teams. You only get a handful to the finals. Was there a moment yeah. during week sixteen, um, maybe at the start or whatever, where you're like, shit, like I could just take a total bath this year? Um, not really. Week sixteen, because in week sixteen, I had, I still had. 40 teams left so it yeah. felt okay even though yeah. you know that the odds of advancing a good percentage of those teams to week 17 is slim you're still feeling all right because you still got 40 rosters it's hard to sweat 40 individual rosters right so it like is. yeah you can't really go i couldn't i wasn't really going through looking at every single team i would look at some you know see the ones that scored a lot week 50 i was like okay what's interesting about these teams but you can't really sweat it so you just gotta kind of for me i was just like well Let's see what happens, and hopefully I advance. I was hoping to advance like 8 to 10. And so 6 was a little disappointing, um, but, you know, I looked at those teams, and there were a couple. The, the, this team that won was interesting. I had another one that had Fields and DJ Moore that I thought was interesting also uh, going into the week that felt like it might be a little unique, uh, so to speak. So, uh, But this obviously, yeah, this one ended up hitting all the right buttons. Yeah, I just pulled it up here uh, on screen. First of all, what's the what's the backstory on the username Peter Wigan? Yeah, so Peter Wigan is a minor character in the first book of a series uh, by a guy named Orson Scott Card. You heard of the book? It's called Ender's Game, probably oh, yeah. if you've no sci-fi yeah. at all. So Peter Wigan is the main character, Ender, his older brother, and he takes a more major role in a sequel series that the author wrote. That's really interesting. So. I like the character. I identify the character a little bit. If this guy's Ender in, on Underdog, he's definitely in a bunch of my uh, my Underdog drafts. There's an Ender in there that I saw pretty regularly, which I, I enjoyed. But um, yeah, uh, he uh, it's uh, I, I enjoy the character. I think he's a, a very interesting character. Ends up ruling the world, actually. So <laughs> take that. So take that for, uh, the, <laughs> it is a great yeah. one. Um, <laughs> this is. Uh, I mean, this is a super fun team. Just, you know, just to service the audio listeners, I'll, I'll read it off here. Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, uh, at running back, Jameer Gibbs, James Conner, Devon Achan, Jarek McKinnon, Tank Bigsby, Chuba Hubbard, wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, ARSB, Godwin, Ayuk, Zay Flowers, Rashi Rice, Wandale, and then the tight end room, which is the funnest one, like Tyler Conklin, Isaiah Likely, Cade Otten. I mean, this yeah. is a team where it's like Cade Otten's one spike week, like drug you into the playoffs, essentially. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I need it. I need it. I definitely would never have made it. I wouldn't have advanced this team without uh, Kate Otten. No chance. Wow. Kate Otten was massively important for this team. Um, he was good. I mean, he was when I was doing I, pre-draft, especially last year. But even going into post-draft, I was doing a lot of three tight last three rounds, three tight end, punt tight end builds, and Kate Otten was a pretty like popular guy for me in that eight, that last round of those spots, just because 
going to be the starting tight end in Tampa. And there's no one to take his job. And if that offense is anywhere near what I was hoping it was going to look like, he was going to be an interesting player. And uh, it turned out all right. Turned out uh, signing the quarterback coach who turned Geno Smith into a pro bowler was a pretty good move for Tampa. Yeah. Uh, Casey says, let's see the draft board. I was just doing some math on this. I would say the crazy yeah. pick, Ayuk falls to the 5-6 turn, right? That's the crazy guy? I Yeah, Ayuk at 6-2 was the wow. was the kind of mild surpriser. Ayuk was a guy that, uh, and, and Nick and Don can, uh, Nick especially, but that was a guy we loved, I, especially. I was Ayuk this year, really big. He was one of my most owned players, really, really heavy on him. So to get him at 6-2 was pretty ridiculous and felt i still can't believe i didn't take him at, at five, 5 11 to be honest um but yeah i took godwin ahead of him which is strange to, for me looking back on it but yeah um Ayuk at 6-2 was a huge 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 hit for us for me on this team no question yep I actually took eight chan i think at the in the ninth or tenth which seems feels early but there must have been something going on during this window that he had risen ahead of Mostert significantly um, cause it would have been just after the draft, I think that this, said, that this would have come out. And you said it was a coincidence that you had Lamar likely Zay HN bring back Goff, Gibbs, ARSB, CD lamb bring back. That was just a coincidence. Total coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> it was just random luck that I ended up with two full week 17 <laughs> stacks with the bring back on the team. Never, never would have thought to, you know, build a team in that way or, thought it might might give some it's pretty it's pretty fortunate that all three of those baltimore players and the miami bring back all hit the lineup and then also you get lamb and amon like the way that worked out was real lucky yeah real lucky. i mean you never you could never have predicted that those two games would have been really interesting in week 17 especially you know what especially if you watched the miami baltimore game from week one the previous year where there was like 80 total points, never would have thought that Miami Baltimore would have been a fun game to maybe bet on for week 17 this year. Oh, be man. I love it. Uh, so what, what, what did you run away with this one? I, I wasn't in the, I didn't see a, a leaderboard or whatnot. Like what was the sweat like for this? It was, it was a sweat kind of. So I was done at four o'clock basically. The only guy yeah. I had left was Rishi and he didn't crack. no, Maybe it wasn't. I think I was done totally at four o'clock. So I was sweating. I, I was anti-sweating Lockett, and then I was anti-sweating all the running backs in the late game. Uh, Dylan Jones and Chandler were all anti-sweats for me, but they yeah. were the teams behind me were down by about nineteen, and and the uh, the guys needed to clear like ten to even hit their lineup. So it would have taken some pretty big scores in that game. Not unreasonable. Thirty points. We've seen Aaron Jones. On Monday Night Football, have five touchdowns before, so anything you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that a game like that happens. But um, yeah, he, they needed some pretty big scores in, in those games to have a given, chance to to go back. To go given back. the lead that you had, do you regret rooting against Chandler quite so hard since it cost us nine k? Yeah, I definitely uh, regret it completely. I, I wish he had scored more. I wish he had gotten to like twenty ish, and that would have pro probably gotten you guys there, and I would have been, been fine. Nice. So yeah. I yeah. figured that had to be your fault. Yeah, it, well, you know how it is. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't control where I direct how thing, how my, how my luck takes. takes I mean, on. I know you guys have yeah. some type of voodoo shit with what you root for. <laughs> yes, I'm going know. on all this shit. <laughs> I won't, yeah, I, won't, you, I won't talk about it selling, selling our souls or anything. We didn't you know, know that ever happened. 
Yeah, are you worried that you used up all your your Go Bills run good on this team and they're going to lose to Miami on on Sunday? We used all of our Go Bills run good two and a half, three years ago. Two and a half years ago. So I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. So, um, no, we didn't win the main event this year. So, because we didn't win the main event, the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's coming. Okay. I mean, just right. that's just how it's going to be. I mean. They're, they're, for the record, their defense is coming together at the right time, and them getting Daquan Jones back is should be the scariest thing for for opposing offenses because with him and Oliver next to each other, they're going to be so disruptive. I pray for Tua Tagovailoa this week. That's all I got to say. Good luck to him. We'll see what happens, but wow. we'll see. Calling it there. <laughs> well, you guys, I feel like you guys so show so much restraint because you still only fire, what, a handful of bullets at the main event? Yeah, we fired eight at the main event this year. Um, and then Nick and I each did our own like solo efforts. Um, but yeah, we don't really, it, we don't, not that we don't feel like we could handle a larger portfolio of main events, but we don't think we would enjoy, I don't think, firing yeah. that kind of, firing those kind of events so aggressively. Um, we think we found a pretty good foothold uh where we are in terms of how we work together and how we're efficient efficiently able to handle this many teams and we do a pretty you know we're pretty we do a pretty good job with it not this year but most of the time so um you know i think i think we found our niche a little bit and we might be a little more aggressively attacking best ball as a team next year we'll say um that might be something that we look at i think uh seems to be something that might be in the cards but in terms of managed stuff i think we're pretty comfortable building the portfolio the way we do and, you know, managing the amount of teams that we manage, I think makes a lot of sense for us. Yeah. And I mean, you also just have to be at peace. Like when you're doing that few of teams, I mean, even us who ended up having, I don't know, double digit, you know, high stakes teams, it's like your draft slot is still largely going to determine like your so early important. round exposures. Oh. Like, yeah, you can be overweight on a seventh round pick, but it's like your access to the top 24 guys is still wildly dependent on that slot. Yeah. And that was the thing that we, pretty strongly felt hurt us a lot this year is that we had a lot of one through eight, one through nine. We didn't have any real 10, 11, 12. So we had one share of CD lamb and that's a guy that we love. Like CD is one of those guys that you just, you know, he, he was on the team, the one that, you know, last year. And we just, obviously he was huge to have this year, but it, it just felt, you know, it felt bad that a lot of the guys that hit and a lot of the teams that felt very strong were in the late portion of the draft this year. And we just didn't have, because like you say, when you do eight, eight to 10 teams, when your draft slot dictates what happens. And if you're picking in, the, in those early spots, you had to dodge so many landmines and you just kind of couldn't in a lot of ways, because you were just going to end up hitting one of them at some point And it just would, would kill a lot of those teams. Yeah. And like rounds two and three were sort of set up as, as a lot of landmines as well from that front yep. half of the board. So it was yep. like, it was just tough. I mean, it you, was, you get it McCaffrey, was, but even with McCaffrey, there was, it was tough to kill. Yeah. You would, you would have McCaffrey, but then you would take T Higgins in the second round and that right. just wasn't good. And then, you know, now you have Higgins, now you're looking at maybe getting Burrow and that was terrible. So it was just so many things that could spiral a team right. that felt great out of control um like our we had a Justin Jefferson team in the league with you guys and that team had quarterback death after we had Richardson and it just the team just went off a cliff once we lost Richardson really and that was and you lose Jefferson and it's just over yeah um so those you know those kind of things happen and that's the that's the 
the fun and the the like the hardest part of these managed teams is that you know, no matter what you do you're you're so it's so hard to be uh chad Schroeder, uh dave hubbard those guys who fire a hundred of these things like that that to me seems just untenable for any like unless you're really unless you're hiring a staff which who knows how they could do things but unless you're hiring a staff to, to do the work do a lot of the work for you it just seems completely unrealistic did you guys see chad schroeder's tweet uh the other day yeah. oh his in and out he's crazy his hourly his, hey, well, that yeah. first off, let me just say that hourly that hourly it's ridiculous because that's what fifty thousand dollars in profit you're telling me that someone who makes fifty thousand dollars a year is making 20 cents an hour that's nonsense that's nonsense so the like i don't know what is- he's talking about well, plus it's only i mean how many because it's only for a part of the year you know it's not yeah. like he's I'll, so, I'll read the tweet here for the audio listeners. Uh, Chad says, I was in for $752,093, out so for $809,491. What an epic waste of time in physical and mental health, about 20 cents an hour. When I first read the tweet, I misread it as 75000 and 80000 and then I circled yeah. back and noticed yeah. You read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's insane. I mean, he's, what he does is, I mean, God bless him, because I would, if I, if I had the ability to do that, for sure, that's not, it's incredible. But yeah, I mean, he made sixty grand this year. Anyone who makes sixty grand will tell you you're not you're not making twenty cents an hour making sixty grand in a year. You're doing all right, right? So I don't know. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I see both sides of it. Other people are like, oh man, I would kill to make sixty thousand playing fantasy. But it's also uh, you can do a lot more with seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in a million other markets than than tying it up uh, in fantasy yeah. football. Uh, I think yeah. I I just did the math. I- Unless I did this completely wrong, it would Oops. come to about um, 220 hours a, a week for all 52 weeks to get. <laughs> hey, we you well, gotta have a little hyperbole you to drive. divide it by eight months. It's not right. Yeah. Like it's more I'm, hours than there are in a week. So I'm gonna be saying yeah. May first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's questioning that Chad puts a lot of time in, and oh, that you geez, know only no. clearing sixty thousand on that volume is a massive disappointment no, for him. I get it. I get it. Yeah, get for it. sure. Um, well, yeah. Any, any other kind of macro takeaways, Sean, you had like, do you think, you know, people always talk about like, Oh, you know, the competition is, uh, tougher on, on underdog. I mean, I, I've always found some of those puppy rooms to be extremely tough because you have a lot of the grinders who know what they're doing, who just want to get in big volume there. Like, how do you think you said you guys might be scaling up your best ball portfolio? Like, how do you think about contest selection and where you guys are going to be firing? Contest selection is huge. Um, I, I think that, I mean, the pup, I'll, I'll tell you this, the puppy room I was in, I looked back on the draft board at some point, and there were, I want to say, including me, there were seven red badges and then two black badges in that room. Wow. So like you say, there's going to be highly experienced people. It, it, I mean, this game is becoming so popular, and it's it's becoming so much more mainstream, but there's there's grinders everywhere. I do think contest selection is huge, and if you are – firing i think if you have the wherewithal and the bankroll and you're able to fire some of the higher stakes mid to higher stakes stuff the small field stuff that is a place where i think you can you know be kind of somewhat aggressive and um find some interesting spots but i do think underdog is the toughest in terms of opposing player and just like consistently finding drafts that are 
making solid decisions throughout, that there's not really a weak spot in the draft. Whereas on places like drafters and DraftKings, I noticed you would come across rooms felt more often where you're looking at some of these picks and these teams and you're like, oh, you're just doing, you're just clicking buttons. There's just no rhyme or reason to any decision that's being made. And it feels like it happens a little more often on those sites, but there's give and take there. Slow drafts on DraftKings are hell because there's no overnight pause. So if you yeah, try to draft, I, I couldn't do it. I did it. I did it. it. I did it, but I had to set an alarm. I had to literally make every pick until 11 p.m. And then I had to set an alarm for 6 a.m. every day and make sure I got up at 6 a.m. and made every pick on DraftKings first because I would be almost out of time. So it was very, that was the toughest thing about, yeah, it, I mean, I get it. <laughs> um, I want to do this. Yeah. But it, 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 I do think it's worth it on, on a site like DraftKings where the, the lobbies are definitely a little more interesting and, and tend to take a little more unique routes, um, I'll say. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely I, I like drafting. I hope they switch that. I hope they make their uh, – just just give me a two-hour overnight pause and I'll be ecstatic. With DraftKings, I, I kind of feel like there's something – I don't know exactly – like how to articulate it but it's like there's something to um that like in a given week especially in the single elimination weeks like it was like that much more important to have Amari Cooper for example because he scores just that extra amount yeah and I think there is something on underdog that I really like where like you can kind of get there in a in a more like a variety of ways and I, I think that does reward team building so like yes DraftKings the if the rooms are there's more dead teams for sure um yep. but there's also this element of like I think the way teams advance it feels like a little bit more like luck is rewarded in, or sort of just like player selections rewarded whereas at yeah. 100, team construction is rewarded a little more I think it, it is for sure the, because the ceilings are so high on DraftKings with full PPR and yardage bonuses for all these guys. The ceilings are so high. So the spike weeks are so much bigger. Like the Cooper week was just so much more important on DraftKings. If you didn't have it, you almost weren't advancing because it was so important to have that in those spots. So, yeah, I mean, I I had a a team on DraftKings. My last, uh, the last team in week 16, my last million team had 182 points and did not advance. And it just feels wrong for a team to score 182 points and be like, oh, no, this team's in fourth, by the way. Like, it's just like, yeah. all right, whatever. <laughs> done with that. But, yeah, it, you just ha- you had to have those spike weeks. And I think you're right when you say you can build more of these correlated builds on underdog and be rewarded than you can. DraftKings, it's a little more – you kind of got to bink it on DraftKings. Yeah, yeah. You do it, and you want to have those correlations still, but – you got to bink it a little more. You got to get a little more lucky, I think, to yeah. really get there. Um, which is a, which is definitely an interesting element to it that has to. I think you have to account for when you're in the draft room, which is why all three of these site, this site, and drafters are so different from each other in the yeah. way you have to approach drafting. That was the biggest. Honestly, if I had had one takeaway from the way I drafted this year, it's that all three of those sites are so incredibly different in terms of how you should probably approach strategy that yeah. you really have to. It's like that's the hardest thing is like trying to draft all your underdog teams and then shifting your focus to DraftKings, then shifting your focus to drafters and trying to make sure that you're doing the right things for each of those builds 
um, it's tough, you know, like drafters, you don't want a Jamar chase so much maybe on it in a, in a situation like that. You maybe want, you want more of a, you know, you want the safer quote unquote pick than the, than the, uh, than the guys with boom bust option. Mm-hmm. That, that was going to kind of what you're saying was going to be my next question, because I think a lot of people's takeaway, whether wrong or right after this year and observing who won is they're just going to say volume, volume, volume. If I just do what I did last year, but I scale up my volume, then I too will get more teams to the finals and bank one of these tournaments. Obviously there's a lot more to it. And like one of the things I think really needs to be explored and studied more is like legit portfolio maintenance so do you have like any advice for people uh other takeaways that like what are the things you need to do in addition to just upping your volume like how do you do that in a smart way reassess everything after the year um try to do your best to reassess what you like trying to understand the dynamics of what the league is doing different now is the league trending in a different direction um are you you know assessing the way these tournaments are structured because all these sites change their structures every year. And Underdog comes out with six different structures. If you're not paying attention to all of that stuff as much as you can in advance in how you prepare, where you, how you're drafting a team and looking at the advance rates and things of that nature, I, I think you're doing yourself a pretty big disservice. Like you can't approach best ball mania the same way you approach the puppy, the same way you approach, you know, the higher stakes stuff. You have to, attack each of these tournaments in different in different ways based on how they advance and how they're built and how things how things move forward so i think it's really important to just kind of pay attention to the the macro and the big picture of everything and then drill down on each each tournament you play each draft you take you have to look at that okay this competition works this way what does this mean for how i'm going to attack this draft and how i'm going to attack this room and then take and then use your your overall strategy that you have for this year whatever player takes you may have, however you think the market's inefficient and go from there and, and build your teams. But it's, it's, uh, it's tough. Do you have any kind of specific lessons learned for, for like along those lines of tournament selection or just like playing on the different sites, like DraftKings versus drafters versus underdog um, or just high stakes versus low stakes? Cause I, I agree with you. I think a lot of that, like I really, kind of want to go back and, and look at my DraftKings play. Cause I think my underdog play is like way stronger than my DraftKings play. Um, but I like, I don't know <laughs> what, like I need to try to figure out how to make the DraftKings play stronger. I don't have like a lot of great ideas right now. Yeah. I, I, I actually agree with, I'm the feel the same way about mine as well. I think my underdog play is the strongest for me. And then DraftKings and drafters, I lost money on drafters. I wasn't, I understood how it worked, but my, I didn't strategize that well, I don't think for it. Um, and I didn't, I didn't build the teams the way I think I should have. Um, so I, I do think that, um, those are things that I'm going to be looking at in this short period of what, three weeks we have before we start drafting again. Um, but I, those are the things that I'm going to be looking at, uh, to try to figure out, Hey, what did, what did I do on DraftKings to only advance two total teams to week 16 and only one team from the Millie to week 16. How, what did I, like, what was my, did I, did I make major strategy mistakes in terms of how the tournament is structured, how the tournament is scored? Did I, did I make like errors there? Like I did on drafters for sure. I was so aggressive on Jamar Chase. Um, and to me, I think on a site, on a season long, in a season long situation like that, I think it was a mistake to be super aggressive on Chase the way that I was over a McCaffrey. 
Um, mm -hmm. I just, I think that was a pretty clear cut error in terms of what I was looking for. And I, you know, and, and but th those are the little things that I think I look at is like, okay, well, how did the most successful teams do? What were their builds like? Like, look at the teams that won, especially on the site like drafters, where it is just one to 17, who had the best team? You can really dive into what won and why. And like, what was the, how, how can you, like, what kind of build made the most sense and how these builds are put to, builds are put together. It, it, it was a little more enlightening in terms of how I think I'm going to approach that particular site next year um, in terms of how I'm going to attack different spots and, you know, be a little, you know, less aggressive on stacking probably on that site. Um, and maybe a little more trying to attack, you know, market inefficiencies and closing line value, I think makes a little more sense at a place like that. Oops. Interesting. Yep. Um, well, Sean, uh, oh, Sean just dropped off here. We, uh, you back here, Sean? We're going to say goodbye to you here uh, in a sec to bring on our next guest. But can you hear us? I can hear you, but I, my camera has appeared to have uh, <laughs> gone completely. Well, so, real, real quick as you figure this out, uh, Ender did uh, have a super chat here. He says, hey, Sean, congrats on separating the uh, the Go Bills conglomerate. I heard that Dom's bachelor party is coming up soon, and I was just wondering, had you thought about doing something really nice for him? Oh, gee, I wonder if this is an alt account of well, someone I know. Weird that this would ever come up. <laughs> it is coming up, and I'm sure I'm sure there will be some very nice things <clears throat> happening at set event. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great. I was just time. wondering how many people that know that's coming up and would be interested in Dom getting. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a, that is a really valid, valid point. There's only I'm sure there's only a few. In fact, I'm quite <laughs> certain there's only a few. So, <laughs> so oh, it's this. a pretty limited number. Sean gave up uh, all of his tips for portfolio portfolio management, then had to go and witness protection. He had to <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 apparently I've, I've been lost. I don't know what happened to my webcam, but uh, we're uh, we're gone here. Oh, uh, oh, there you are. There we go. Uh, Whatever. It, Sean, anything else? Uh, like when you know all these other content guys, you know they they win. You know you're going to be launching, you know legendary bills upside, <laughs> uh, tushpush.com. I mean, what's coming here? Uh, I don't think content creation is probably in the future anytime soon. Um, I like playing the game too much. Um, I really enjoy the game. It may You're sound crazy, but play. I'm excited. <laughs> it's true, but I'm excited to start setting my alarms for 10 a.m., 4 p.m., 10 p.m., and making a bunch of draft picks throughout the rest of the summer. I'm uh, I'm pretty <laughs> apt to take another swing at this thing. So nice. awesome, dude. Well, uh, follow Sean on Twitter at Sean underscore. Uh, how do you print it? Is it Stutzman? Stutzman. 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 Uh, yeah. I appreciate you guys. Uh, hopefully we can uh, bump into you again in uh, Vegas this year at a, another event. We got to get like all of us together. Leone was gone this year, the year before. Yeah, of us weren't there, so we got to get us all together. We should. We should. We do it. We try to do a nice dinner um, right before Mike show kind of helps put it together. We'll, uh, we'll have to, ex we'll, we'll extend the invite. We'll get, to, we'll get everybody together this year and get a big group and I'll go out to dinner. Nice. Uh, maybe the day before, awesome. maybe Wednesday night. Love it. All right, Sean. Uh, thanks for hopping on. Congrats on taking down the puppy. Uh, it was great chopping it up with you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Good seeing you. All right. Thanks, Peace. Sean. All right. We got our uh, our final guest this evening, Mike Fay, a.k.a. DFS Analytics, a.k.a. the champ of the NFC Football Guys Best Ball Championship. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show, man. 
Thanks so much for having me. It's uh, great to uh, be on here. Love the show and uh, been a big fan, even though uh, been a lurker lurker for years, not not a part of the uh, community, I guess you you would say. But uh, <laughs> love the show and uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so yeah, you won. You got you won the thirty thousand dollar grand prize. These were the, the the monstrosity of best ball drafts that we were drafting back in the uh, early parts of the summer, right? Yeah, and so the the you know one of the reasons why I actually uh, replied to that tweet uh, from uh, you know NFC sent, sends them out and uh, did that is because. Uh, this show was the reason I even went over to NFC uh, and did it because you guys, I think we're doing a, again, I, I, I would say I listen a good amount and, or watch, uh, you know, a little bit boomer uh, podcast listener over here. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, saw, saw that they had, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of underdog, a lot of DraftKings, uh, some FFPC, and uh, went over there, uh, previously did baseball drafts, things like that on on uh, on NFC and had a chunk of money on there and said, I'll, I'll do a best ball draft every year, see what it's like. Uh, really, uh, the, the what third, second and third round wrap back around really interesting. Yeah. Me. And yeah. I hap- happened to get the 12th pick on the first draft, which was the big winner. Yeah. Did you set your KDS there, or uh, did you did you like us just kind of look into the what the I, I, I actually think I did only because I was paying attention to the first draft. I don't know if I did <laughs> nice. okay. two two or three, but the uh, but yeah, for the first first one, I think I did, and I maybe I can look it up on the league page, but I think it was the back end because yeah, the the uh, you know. <laughs> Second and third allowed me to get. I uh, went uh, Amon Ra, CD, and then Keenan. Uh, nice. Which, was, which in this format is nuts too. To be able to get Keenan there in that format yeah. is so nice. Yeah. Um, uh, wait. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm just also cracking up. So I just pulled up Mike's team here on the screen, and you see the great starting lineup, Jordan Love. And then I just forget how many players we drafted. So many. Yeah. It's so many players. I'm like you had Anthony Richardson on this team, Mike Williams. I mean, guys, we haven't thought about in ages. Uh, but when you get to draft whatever 35 guys, you know, it can work out. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean, I I looked at the team like it. The, the team honestly. Uh, literally went from you know 25th or 30th uh all the way up really quickly up into like second first for like the last couple weeks uh primarily due to Amon Ra CD um you know I had a lot of good uh late picks but I, I didn't pay all that much uh attention to it till the last yeah. I, I would say two weeks and it is uh uh yeah it was crazy yeah Mike Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, unstacked uh, was not, you know, part of my plan on uh, underdog or DraftKings or anything like that. Uh, yeah, somehow worked here. That's so. It, it is. It is interesting. Like sweating, a ro- like rotisserie style best ball contest. It's kind of. It's kind of hard. Oh, it's so uh, good or bad. Uh, I got two little kids at home. We have been sick since. Uh, I don't know. Right after Christmas, they got uh, something called hand, foot, and mouth. So I was sweating it New Year's Eve on the couch, face down, paying attention to the TV. 
Uh, luckily, it wasn't. It could have been a huge sweat if I didn't, for some reason, go uh, love Purdy back to back in the twelfth mm. and thirteenth. Uh, the guy in second had love, which I think would have gotten me uh, if I didn't have love as wow. well. And love overtook Purdy, I think. Uh, and so it wasn't that big of a sweat. I think one guy um, uh, had uh, may, uh, uh, love, what, uh, love uh, read stack that, but it was, uh, it's not, it's not close. It's not like moving back and forth, like you're sweating some of the other lineups, so. Well, that's awesome, man. Is this the is this your biggest fantasy football score? Um, probably, yeah. Uh, so I've I've been playing for uh, not obviously not best ball for that long, but I've uh, been playing since you know back in the Star Street days and stuff like that. And the only reason why my Twitter handle that I I don't know how many tweets I've sent out, but it's probably uh, close to none. <laughs> uh, was I <laughs> the uh, uh, I was going to back in Star Street days and things like that, you know, was uh, uh, when it was a little bit uh, easier game, I will say, uh, you know, was doing uh, tons of DFS was early on in my career and made this Twitter handle, put an LLC with a buddy of mine um and uh you know that's why i fought the only reason why i still use it is i follow everyone you know within dfs and everything like that um and and the plan was he was big into coding and r was a big thing back back in yeah. the day which just seems crazy now um and so uh still had this uh this twitter handle and uh never obviously the the plan was to make you know a, a notable score and and try to maybe uh start start something like uh you guys have been doing but uh just didn't end up, end up happening like that but still used it and this was the most uh i'll say like uh uh somewhat notable uh score uh in dfs i actually think my biggest one thinking about it maybe golf like way back in the day like i had a the guy won either came in first or second in a uh, big golf tournament uh back in the day that's nice. awesome. And so this team, I mean, some people were noticing in the chat when I had it on screen, you did get our boy, uh, LaVisca Chanel, probably like the only team you will find him on that won someone, uh, you know, a six figure prize or five figure prize. Yeah, won someone. I don't know if LaVisca yeah. won him anything, but he was mean, on the team. Dude, he gets the ring. He's like Rojo there or whatever. <laughs> you know, true, yeah. We get the ring. Uh, but this team also has, uh, one Mr. Uh, Demarcus Robinson. Did you say you were maybe influenced uh, with this selection? Maybe a little bit by uh, Mr. Gretsch over there. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I, it was back in August again. Uh, I don't uh, can't attend all the the live shows, but either podcast or YouTube YouTube them while working at night. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, one of those things that I noticed because. I, one of the live shows I was watching was when he went off in that game and definitely hit my lineup in the, in what was that week, week 16, uh, something like that. So, yeah. Uh, well, let's see here. Yeah. Week six or yeah. Week 15 against, uh, 
Let's see, where is he? Oh, yeah, week 16 against week New Orleans. 16, that was yeah. the game, 20.2 yeah. points. I mean, he's had a great stretch here. You know, he has, yeah. 17. Uh, the, the thesis of the play, really. Yeah. <laughs> the late season I mean, hammer. I, I haven't looked at the entire board, but it, it may have been between him and uh, Tutu Atwell uh, and wasn't wasn't in on Short King Summer there. <laughs> Short King I mean, Summer he, did kind of come to a an end once the weather turned. Yeah, like we lost yeah. tank. Two two turned to dust. Yeah, I mean, you have a ton of fun picks. Obviously, you hit on Kyron in this draft. I mean, you had uh, James Cook, even Ty Chandler. Uh, you had TJ Hawkinson carrying you at tight end for a long period there. I mean, you hit on a ton of these late picks. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I, so it, it was my first first draft on. You know, obviously ADP uh skews everything so um when you're when you're on here um uh, guessing it was my first draft and or it, no it definitely was my first draft on here um so yeah you see different values pop up and, and things like that and you know i had uh luckily I, I was lucky enough to do well kind of a across the board had a lot of i would say not great pod luck but you know it was big on kyron uh really big on uh ty ty chandler unfortunately really big on keontae ingram as well uh but the uh but yeah a lot of the picks are funny and i think actually your white another another yeah nice one there came on there yeah i i think the funniest one that like probably my worst uh player take of the the year was uh mike evans um like i was just avoiding him like the plague like i would uh, I was really, really big uh, on um, on Rashad White, Rashad White, um, but uh, for whatever reason, did not like the the QB there, and it just is highlighted that I took Kyle Trask uh, was one. Of the oh, guys. nice! Yeah, <laughs> there was that period of the summer where uh, Baker was throwing like a ton of interceptions in practice, and it seemed like Trask wasn't like. I think like I think they were showing them back to back, like just missing in like gigantic targets. I remember that. Oh my god! Yeah, they looked horrible, and yeah, I was just like, it's going to be short passes, uh, you know, uh, short passes, run the ball. Maybe Kyle Trask comes in there, and they just hammer him up the middle for a couple uh, goal line touchdowns. But uh, yeah, one of my biggest uh, misses or, or stances uh, in all of best ball slash season long there that that is the it's the beautiful thing though about like this game and specifically with how best ball works where it's like it does just take that that one team you know and yeah. the, the yeah. way things work where if you have that right roster come together you can just have the worst you know i mean like my most drafted guys were like jsn and quentin johnston and it like it didn't matter if like you built good rosters when you didn't have those guys on the team yeah, yeah, especially when you have rosters this this huge. I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. Well, when you have Demarcus Robinson producing like Quentin Johnson never will in his entire career, it it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus, Rashad White was a really good pick, so like you you got onto something good, even if you didn't nail every single player take. Yeah, I I had a lot of bad takes, but I, like uh, I think I had uh, I would estimate. 38% Anthony Richardson across DK and underdog, which I think was a good take. I think it was a pretty good take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and the uh, other one was Evan Hall. 
Um, I, I, I was thinking about that the other day. Um, and I was, so what uh, could have been? yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I, I had a ton of, uh, ton of him. Um, yeah. And my, like, I actually just checked it the other day. My, uh, wide receiver, uh, I only on underdog, I only did 50, I think 55, um, on, uh, uh, big tournament, but, uh, Jaden Reed, I had it 42%. So his week wow. 17, I did not advance a single, single, single team, but the, uh, uh, to the finals. So that, that, uh, that big score was, was killing me. Man. Yeah. It, it's crazy though, because like when you, when you take that archetype, even the Evan holes, it's like most of the time they're going to end up like Evan hole. The point is when they turn into Kyron Williams, you, you ship a tournament, you know, like, yeah, that's like why you keep hunting for those guys. Or even if they turn into Ty Chandler, like, you know, getting a huge week 15 can be pretty meaningful even in, you know, whether it's total points or, uh, you know, especially the playoff week format. Yeah. I'm, my my take on him is, it, I, and I think it showed a little bit towards the end of the year that Zach Moss wasn't, may have not been all that great. Um, and I think Evan Hall could have just came in, you know, when not only Zach Moss was out, um, uh, but Jonathan Taylor's out and, and kind yeah. of taken over that for a bit. Um, but yeah. Well, uh, Awesome uh, work. And uh, it, was, it was fun seeing that, you know, you know, the truth is, you know, we, we draft those best ball teams, you know, I, I would kept, keep tabs on them. I know Steph would log in and if she saw something interesting there, our, our teams weren't in the hunt. So I'll, I'll be honest that I wasn't hawking the, uh, the football guys, best ball leaderboard there. So to see your tweet pop up and uh, shout out ship chasing, that was uh that was a sight for sore eyes. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm, 99% sure I would have never entered it if I wasn't watching uh, you guys. So really, really appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, it was, uh, you know, uh, sun running at the end and, uh, and yeah, it was a great time. I appreciate it. you guys actually. So I was uh, overlay chasing. I ended up doing way more than I expected. I did 12 on FFPC, the football guys. Uh, yeah championship. or the fantasy pros now or whatever it's called fantasy, yeah. yeah uh fantasy pros championship and and i actually uh uh got uh seven of the sprint no none of them did anything in one four so it was like even even before that uh you know got got a lot uh um you know was uh plus e plus ev going into the sprint slash uh underdog stuff i think i placed uh 110th in the regular season on, uh, wow, on that's a nice awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, awesome work. Yeah, don't don't be a stranger uh, around here at DFS Analytics. Yeah, you slid. I was messaging you because I like wanted to confirm that that was you who had won uh, that thing. And you're like, oh yeah, well maybe I could come on sometime. I was like, um, you want to come on in like five hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were down. I mean, especially when you said nine fifteen. You know, uh, bedtime. That's uh, uh, bedtime's <laughs> over. It's all all good. So. Um, no, I, uh, I, uh, love the, love the show. I, I definitely listen to not only this, but, uh, all you, uh, all the other content content that you guys do. Uh, it's, it's really great. So, uh, appreciate it. And, uh, was definitely a large part of uh, a successful year. Well, just know, man, next year, we're going to remember 
to set our KDS and we are going to beat you in that, in that best ball contest. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, probably neither of those statements are true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we won't remember, and we we also won't be. Able to wait, wait so. didn't you guys? I, I I was actually paying attention to the beginning of the show. Didn't you guys play set, like seventh in prime time? Isn't that yes? NFPC? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did. Well, what, once we got to the prime times, our co-managers, you know, dutifully reminded us to, they set to the set KDS. Yes. Yeah. Then we then we argued with them about what they set. That's how we, right. that's how we like nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, all right, Mike, I'm going to let you go. We're going to do a uh, wrap up with a little roundup. I collected from the discord here of some other wins. I wanted to shout some people out, but uh, thank you again for, uh, for swinging by. Not a problem. Thanks so much guys. All right. We'll see you, Mike. Thanks. Um, yeah, I just wanted to pull this up here because uh, we had, uh, I asked people in the ship chasing discord uh, to share some of their wins <coughs> kind of shout out uh some people here we have our guy sacrilegious i'm not sure which contest this was on DraftKings. five thousand dollar hit finishing in 15th here uh our guy shit yeah nice. the achievers who just went on the rotoviz podcast uh, i heard colin won't say shit yeah the achievers when he's on there really censored yeah <laughs> what does he say just yeah the achievers i think <laughs> i will i will put some respect on your name uh third of the ship yeah the achievers now that he shipped yeah, ooh, I like that ship. Yeah, the achievers. Uh, twelve and a half k. He calls them the achievers. The Irish are prudes. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we already got Shad in here. Uh, shout out to Chipsy, who was in that same puppy contest with uh, Mr. Peter Wigan. Finished uh, in fourth here for twenty k. Good job, Chipsy. Um, Man, I, we got to shout out this guy. Uh, I'm blanking on his actual name. Money Printer Go. I don't know if you guys saw this. He finished first in the consolation bracket for FFPC, and he would have won no. the main event. The guy who uh, won the main DM me said he watches some uh, Stealing Bananas or listens to nice. some Stealing Bananas. So, yeah, that was fun. Nice. But, um, yeah, that's cool. about chip chasing? or. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our guy DMS Texas, who we, did a, who we did a main event draft with, uh, got fifth in the Chihuahua two. Uh, congratulations, two four offsuit, uh, finished tenth in the puppy. Nice. And then JB Phil, starting to kind of you know my requirements for what you could post top five hundred best ball media regular season. I guess we'll allow it. JB, congratulations. <laughs> uh back nova third in the chihuahua but super flex and uh seventh in the ffpc best ball for 9k our guy shorty got 93rd in the ffpc main event uh chung uh our guy chung here got uh third i believe in the best ball tournament playoffs the nice. uh the best ball nice. contest on ffpc so awesome shout out uh to the ship chasers for uh for some nice scores there that's great i had uh two so my team with Sean fell way off, but I had two top 30 FFPC main event teams, which is pretty cool. That's I'd awesome. Only, I had my highest ever was 19th way back in 2020. I'd never had any other in the top like 50. So two, the top 30 was pretty cool. One with Silva, one with Sean. Yeah, that is uh, the, Sean what was the name of the, the Silva that, one? Can we yeah. Talk about that? Sean talks about that all the time. Man, no, he loves your guys' team. Our team is pretty filthy. <laughs> Yes. Uh, no, it was very fun to see all of the uh, success everyone had. And uh, I, I got a feeling 2024 is going to be even bigger 
in better as we all kind of uh, divide and conquer uh, these contests here. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a blast of a year. It, it felt good just to have a, a winning high stakes year for us. We took a bath there multiple years in a row, so it was fun to to get on top this year. Very. Um. Yeah. So we we pretty much firmed up our programming schedule for next week. Uh, Gretch, first of all, you are heading. Uh, when is the national championship game? Monday night. It's Monday. So now I'm flying to Houston Sunday morning. Back Tuesday. Shout out Alaska Airlines giving us some uh, some direct flights down to Houston from Seattle at affordable rates. You got all these other airlines like price gouging for the. For yeah. the flights, but Alaska Airlines is a sponsor of UW and and li like listed some legit affordable stuff nice. and like good itineraries and it was like thank you like I hadn't bought my flight until they won I had a ticket I hadn't bought my flight yet I bought it the morning after their semifinal win because they part of why I didn't buy it is people were buying all these refundable flights that prices were already going through the roof and then there was rumors that they would add more flights so Alaska Airlines came up clutch brought gave us some more flights. I'm flying in Sunday, coming back Tuesday. I'll miss the first show of the week, but then we got stuff Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. That'll be a blast. Yeah. So those are all booked. So uh, on Monday, we'll all sweat the national championship game. Uh, I've already tailed Gretch. Uh, the first time he told me to bet on Washington Huskies, it hit. Second time, I said I was tailing you again, even though you weren't quite as forceful of like, you should make this bet. And I said, I don't care. That hit. Didn't even get your permission. Already bet the Huskies again for the national championship. We just keep rolling it on. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm, <laughs> how are you feeling? I'm a little bit more nervous, honestly. So I told you about Texas. We knew, we know Steve Sarkeesian, their head coach, really well. He coached at UW for several years. We also kept hearing – I didn't know Texas's team very intimately, but we kept hearing how they have a really good interior defensive line. You can't run on them. But their secondary was a problem. And anyone who watched that game knows – all the deep passing that Washington wanted to do. Like every time they went downfield, it was money. Like it was, that's what we do well. And so hearing that like you can't run on Texas, but their secondary is a problem. That's why I was telling you guys, I was like kind of excited to see like what UW can do downfield. Michigan has apparently the second best pass defense in the nation. So okay. a little bit of a different uh, challenge on defense. Definitely a little bit concerned about that. But I mean, we got really good receivers. We got Penix is a really accurate quarterback. We still have like a good scheme. We've got to be the best passing offense they've faced all year. I mean, it's going to be strength on strength. So it's just, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like it's a, as perfect of a matchup, but it's, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm definitely excited. They're in the fucking national championship. That's it's awesome. pretty sweet. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. So everyone tune in. Root on uh, the Huskies on Monday, and then this is our programming schedule. So Tuesday. We'll have a show, the Boomer Opto Reveal with Hassan and Blair. I hope Hassan is in the lab right now. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, the three of us here will be getting together. Pat will be revealing uh, a first look at the ownership projections for the FFPC contest. I've already done my uh, first, run. first run. One of the first run. I don't even Pat have the playoff is... team solidified. I've already done the first run. <laughs> yeah. The, it, th this is how you know he, he's still hungry out there. Uh, I fucking this love this contest. I, I like literally would. I I need to draft so many playoff baseball teams, and I've taught. I did a playoff baseball pod earlier in the week, yeah. and afterwards we were just like kind of just talking through like who might be chalk, and it got the wheels turning, and I was just like, I need to go in the lab and get this first run going because it's so fun, and I think this year is going to be really really interesting with uh, with Lamar. I think kind of 
really driving things and at the ownership is it at the uh, quarterback ownership in a way we we don't typically see in this contest um we see chalk condense in this contest in such a huge way but not usually at quarterback in a huge way and i think well be because the here we're gonna go down we're gonna get ahead of ourselves but the like the lamar cmc pairing just fits together so yes. well yes yeah because imagine going into the super bowl with purdy flowers instead of lamar cmc and it's just gonna Leverage. be like, <laughs> i don't want that no i want the lamar one i want the lamar one when i go to the super bowl not so, when you're holding fret hands with all of your friends well, no. true true but i think there's gonna be a lot of lamar cmc team so yeah it's a, it's so, fun. but so the that, question is can you get there with uh with a zay Debo or something like what is there another quarterback that doesn't play in the Super Bowl? Well, I think Bowl? Allen. I think Allen. I actually think the contest will be more interesting if Sean is if Sean has his heart broken and the Bills don't make the playoffs. You know, which is obviously it, unlikely, but it could still happen. And if there's that's going to force people to Mahomes and Hurts, and I don't think people really want to go there. So you're just at that point. Yeah. I think you would just see massive. Lamar chalk. You're still gonna see a lot of Lamar chalk, but I think, I think Allen offers a like a fairly enticing secondary option because uh, you'll get the four games. Yeah, and we see that every year. Like the sexiest four game quarterback always catches a decent amount. Yeah, yeah, and you Um, don't you don't really want to play Diggs, right? James Cook's fine. So I think Allen will have plenty, but um, that then forces you to like pick a raven that's not lamar so i i still think people will go to lamar a lot more than Alan. yeah it's not gonna yeah wow it's not gonna be like it's not gonna be uh dak because liam is just no. so dominant in that no, offense. i talked to jacob sanderson earlier today um we were just like talking not as a part of podcast but he was just saying like he was like i, I don't see why lamb won't be 90 percent owned and i was like i i don't either we need Tony Pollard to run for 202 TDs this weekend. That's what yeah. we need for the Uber Opto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I think I really think there's going to be some huge chalk this year just because it's like if you get off of – there's certain teams that's like, yeah, I would like to get off this, but then what do I do? Who do I pick? Do I pick them just to lose? They, like, they're, they're not picking CD. Like, folks, no, you – you have to just pick against the Cowboys. Yeah. So we will we will be unpacking all of that on Wednesday. It flows into each other well. You get the Boomer Opto, then we get the full picture with the ownership on Wednesday with the three of us. On Thursday, we're going to have a bit of a stat-chasing hybrid crossover. We'll be talking some FFPC playoff, but we're going to dive into everything. We're going to do some underdog playoff contests because we'll, of course, have Sacrilegious with us. And I think we might even uh, do one of the NFC playoff ones. We haven't done a lot of content around that. I know like Leone and Davis over the years have played in that a good bit. So we might try to tackle one of those as well. And then the Friday grand finale, of course, with Leone, we got to see with Dink with his NBA schedule, if he can make it work. Uh, But we will have kind of our final drunken uh, build show there with those guys. It's going to be a great week. I honestly cannot wait. Yep. So stay tuned for those shows uh, next week. And then uh, anything else for you guys between now and then, other than Gretch getting some tea, resting up for a big weekend? Legendary Upside, uh, we got our dynamic rankings tool. I'll uh, just shout that out one more time. I think it's it's pretty pretty fun to draft with. And uh, I'll be using it a bunch myself as I uh, fire a bunch of these uh, 
these tournament teams on underdog before turning my attention to the FFPC next week. Yep. Gretch, anything else for you? Not a ton. No, I'm uh, so focused on the Huskies. I'll definitely do a, a season kind of recap right up at some point, but um, it's going to be pushed back a little bit because I'm doing some traveling and, and more focused on some other stuff right now. Yeah, I was uh, I was planning to do a lot of underdog playoff drafts this week, and uh, cash game week has been pretty consuming. So yeah, uh, yeah. Has, <laughs> are you able to get more on the site? Did I you did. get? You I did? got it. Yes. I've got it free. Yes, Whew. and uh, I just accepted a one thousand dollar head to head from the BBM champ. I mean, so nice, amazing. I love. Yeah. I love it. Hey, I mean, maybe just go partying this weekend. Maybe do some late DJ sets. Don't really worry about your cash shell. Um, well, I should I should uh, mention I'm going to be talking with Amin tomorrow on the Legendary Upside podcast. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. In order. Uh, <coughs> in order, we get to interview him in order of who won most. Uh, who won first? So Liam. Liam took care of the first interview. I'm doing the second. That oh, that reminds me. What what final story here? Underneath here, I'm wearing my chasing Karain shirt. I, I grabbed it out today because I was like, you know, this is like one of the last few moments. You know, this shirt's really no longer relevant. We're all chasing Amin now. But April, Pat, April was getting an absolute kick out of this shirt tonight, and she has like this really like precise attention to detail. Like in books, she like doesn't gravitate to the big things. She's always like, oh, there's the little duck or the little thing. And she just kept pointing at your face and cracking up tonight. And I would like bring her closer. And she's like, I think she just thought the head like on the ship was so funny. It is funny. I have a funny yeah. expression. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Oh, um, all right, guys. We appreciate you. Uh, congratulations again to everyone uh, on the great years. We will see you around. And uh, the next time you guys will see us on this channel Tuesday for the Boomer Opto Show with Son and Blair. Enjoy your week 18. Send me a...